Hello and welcome to another episode of Reprogramming. I am your host, Lindsay Hyatt, and I am so happy you are here today. On today's episode of Reprogramming, we are going to share the very first episode of Reprogramming from last season, and there's a reason for that. Life, guys, life is lifing in the best way possible. Um, suddenly I have so many projects on my plate and just not enough hours in the day to execute them. So if you have a podcast, if you've ever aspired to have a podcast, know that it is a part-time job in itself. And if you're doing it alone, like I am, it's a whole lot of work. So reprogramming is going on a very, very brief hiatus. I'll be sharing some of our amazing episodes from last season that you might've missed, Um, but feel free to go back and binge any of them. They're amazing. I have incredible guests coming up in the weeks ahead, and they have been so kind to be flexible with me and my schedule right now. So stay tuned for that. On today's episode of Reprogramming, we will hear from Steph Travato, who is an incredibly successful copywriter and business owner. She shares her perspective on entrepreneurship and motherhood and trying to balance it all. If you haven't heard this episode, you're going to absolutely love it. I will see you back here next week and stay tuned because new episodes are coming. Welcome to Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm Lindsay, a brand strategist, copywriter, and pivot mentor with nearly two decades of experience. I've seen it all in both the corporate world and in entrepreneurship, and I'm here to spark conversation about the things that matter most. Reprogramming is a podcast to help you shift perspective, consider new viewpoints, and challenge your old belief systems around business, entrepreneurship, health, wellness, parenting, empowerment, and more. If you are ready to reprogram your life for more success, fulfillment, and joy, or if you're ready to blow up the status quo, you are in the right place. Welcome to today's episode of Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I am your host, Lindsay, and today our guest is Stephanie Travato. Stephanie is a copywriter and strategist for B2B pioneers in SaaS, e-commerce, and MarTech, and she's also launched the Tough Love Copy Coaching to help her fellow entrepreneurs and small business owners create their own compelling, genuine copy through relatable and hands-on coaching. Welcome, Steph. I am so thrilled that you are here. (laughs) I've had the privilege of getting to know Steph in the mastermind that we're in together, which is the Copywriter Club Think Tank. And I've watched you absolutely kill it in business and seemingly in life as well. So I'm so thrilled that you are here to tell us more about what it's like to be a copywriter and a coach and balancing it, if you can call it that, in the scheme of life and being a mom too. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. I'm excited for this. Yes, me too. Me too. So before we get into the real meaty stuff about, um, you know, things that you've had to reprogram on your journey as you've gone along, I would just love to share a little bit more about yourself and where you're from, how you became a copywriter and a coach. You got it. I am from New York, but on the complete other end of your New York, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an hour north of New York City. And I have always been like marketing, writing, like always in that world. That's what I went to school for. 
I had no idea for so long that you could make money writing. And then um, during my full-time job, I needed to pay for daycare because nobody actually pays you enough to pay for daycare and like also live a life. (laughs) And so I waitressed on the side and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was, my husband was tired from the witching hour (laughs) and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I saw someone post an opportunity that they had of a friend who was looking for help writing holiday roundups and it paid 150 an article. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much money. I'm going to do it. And then I made like $700 that month. And I was like, oh my God, this is so easy. (laughs) This is great. And um, so I was like, let me do this right. And I set it up as like an LLC immediately. And that was in 2019. And then fast forward to March, 2020, and I lost my job. So I started freelancing, like not full-time, but like definitely going harder around nap time and bedtime and all the other things when there was like no order to life at all. (laughs) And then that August I went full-time and I have been doing it ever since. Wow. That's awesome. And then tell me about how you got into coaching. So through our mastermind, the think tank, uh, (laughs) I learned like how much I just enjoy one, having conversations, but also teaching people. Like I'm someone who like, I will tell you anything. If you want to know anything, I'll answer your question. But I never realized like that I know more than somebody else. I just assume everyone knows this, like, because I know it. So when I started um, giving presentations in Think Tank and like through the accelerator and things like that, I was like, oh, I really like this. And I really like how much it helps people. That like really filled my bucket more than like making money or more than any of that. It just felt really good. And so I was talking to my mindset coach about it. And she was like, yeah, there's like a whole world of stuff you could coach on. And we just, it turned into this big conversation because I always viewed, sorry to everybody, but I like viewed coaching as like, ew, tacky, like I'm your life coach and I'm going to change your life. And like, (laughs) I'm Tony Robbins, like, but that's not what coaching is. Um, So now I've learned that I can just do it my way. And I actually like it. I love that journey. And I actually relate to it on many levels. One, the the feeling of filling up your bucket by knowing that you could make an impact on someone. And you mentioned, you know, thinking like, oh, everybody kind of knows this stuff, especially because we're all kind of surrounded by the same group of people in this marketing and copywriting world. You assume people know, but there are people who don't even know what copywriting is. So That's so true. And I also have to give props to the whole idea of the ickiness of the word coach, because I have struggled with that as well. Um, In fact, there's going to be a whole episode on the the coaching, the online coaching world and the ickiness around it. But I'm so glad that you decided to go into that because there are so many people that could really benefit from that support and that want to be better writers especially in this online space to get their messaging out. And so I'm so excited to see what you do with that. Um, Yeah. So, so exciting. So what is it like to run a six figure business? And I, I hate to throw that in there, but I can't help but mention that you are incredibly successful. Um, And you've shared that on, on other podcasts and in some blogs that I've read. Um, But what's it like to run a six figure business, which is no small feat and be a mom? It is like, there's not enough adjectives in the world to describe it. (laughs) Um, It is uh, empowering, overwhelming, fun, but like grueling. It's so many things. It's like, 
the first the term six figure business owner um, is very relative to where you live and who you are and what your life is like. So me making my first like six figures, like when I crossed over the 100,000, like I live in lower New York, like that's not a lot of money at all. It was like, okay, yeah. cool. It's more than I made at my full-time job, but it wasn't like life-changing. Right. Um, but it made me realize like, oh my God, like, oh, I can like really do this. Um, so now I'm at the point where like, I do like 300,000 a year, which is still a lot of money. Um, it's also like now I'm used to that. So now it doesn't feel like that much money anymore. Right. It's like, oh, I always make this much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like, I don't want to make less, not because like I'm out spending all this crazy stuff, but I'm used to a certain number in my bank account. So I'm like, um, excuse me, there always needs to be a comma and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but doing it as a mother, like it took me a long time to to pat myself on the back. Cause it was, you know, always go, 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 go. And I have to do this and duh, what else would I be doing? But then I was like, wait a minute, like I'm friggin' awesome. Like, look at what I'm doing. Plus I'm a mom plus I'm the default parent because my husband works an hour away. So like, mm. obviously I have to be around for everything. So I feel like each year brings a lot of new challenges, but like a lot more self-improvement skills and yeah like me feeling better about myself. Yeah. It's a learning, it's a learning curve as you go. I'd imagine. Do you feel more pressure after reaching that kind of milestone to keep at a certain level of like pushing forward in your business? Like you said, you don't ever want to see not having so so many commas in your bank account. Do you feel like there's a certain level, like you have to push yourself to, and like, do you feel the stress of that? 100%. And it's me doing it to myself. Like nobody is telling me to do this. Um, I have realized that I have like no idea how to chill. (laughs) Like it's really hard to be like, oh, my schedule is not full today. (laughs) um, No, there must be something I could do. Like I've always been wired that way prior to like, I've always hate that word, but like hustled and been like, no, I can have two jobs. I can have three jobs because, you know, I have 24 hours in the day, but (laughs) I have recently learned to calm down and um, just chill, even if it's like for a half an hour. Um, But I do always have the, not like the number in my head. Growing up, I always, um, like my parents, we we never wanted for anything, but I always heard, no, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. No, you can't do that because of that reason, which was fine. Like I understood why it wasn't like, I'm just saying no to say no, but I don't want my daughter to ever hear me say that unless like, like I'll tell her like, no, that's too expensive. Like you're crazy. Cause it shouldn't cost that much money to do anything like that. But I want to give her the world, mm-hmm. but also make her understand the importance and like the value of money. And like that she's really lucky that she gets to be able to do all these things. Like not everybody gets to do this, but I don't um, want her to feel bad, like ever asking for something or like, she's an only child, like here, have the world, yeah. but also understand how much you should appreciate it. Mm. This is such an important topic. I'm so glad you brought this up because I struggle with this. I have two girls um, who are three and seven. And I know that so many of us were brought up with these ideas of like scarcity and, um, you know, not having enough money and being concerned about money and whether that was spoken or not to us, it, it has an impact on kids. So like you said, and you know, but like, how do you find the balance of no, like giving them the world, like you said, and also having them appreciate it. I struggle with this personally, because I think like, 
there are some days I'm like, oh my God, you are spoiled. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, have I created this monster? But I also want them to see and believe that there's a lot of possibilities in this life. And so I would love to hear um, if there's something in particular or strategies that you use when you are parenting or, you know, you're, you're talking with your daughter about money or is there anything that you have in your mind, like when you're sharing, you know, mom has a business, I have my own boss, like what kinds of things are you sharing with her or maybe not sharing with her? So in terms of money, um, she's six. So now she has um, a chore chart mm. with an allowance. So she like, she added her own chores. She came up with 10 and I was like, okay, like you could chill. It's enough. It's a lot. <laughs> so she has to like fill up her chart for the week and then she gets $5. So, and then it lives like in an envelope and that's what she's allowed to spend. Cause she has like her piggy bank and stuff, but she knows like she has to save that. Cause otherwise she thinks she's has so much money. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not actually yours. Um, so we've been talking a lot about money lately, like in that aspect. So she knows like if we go to the store and she really wants something, like she has whatever amount of money and then she could spend it. Um, and then when she gets to do things like gymnastics and all these other activities, when we're in the car, like it'll, she is the most random child in the world and just brings stuff up. I don't know how it pops in her head, but she'll bring something up and be like, oh, how come this person is not allowed to do that? Or how come they're not here? And so that kind of opens the conversation mm -hmm. for like, oh, maybe they don't have time or maybe their parents um, are spending their money on something else and not everybody has the same amount of money and that's okay. Um, but some people don't have enough money to do everything. So they choose only one thing or only two things. And of course it comes up like during Christmas and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, for like Christmas particularly, like there's so many conversations on Facebook all the time about like, oh, you shouldn't buy your kids anything expensive and say it's from Santa because another kid's going to feel bad. And I'm of the mind that like, I'm not worried about other people's kids. <laughs> like, I'm no sorry. Way. Like the world is not easy. much. They have to learn that lesson. It sucks, but like, it is what it is. They're all going to learn that Santa's not real anyways one day. And then it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I might have I, to edit that out <laughs> or put a, put a spoiler alert, uh, a trigger warning at the, at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> um, but I do try to make like the, the bigger gifts, like the, her Barbie dream house was not from Santa. It was from my mom. Like, oh my God, us too. So yeah. there's not like, I got this and I got this. Nice. So she gets it in that aspect. And then during the holidays and also during other times, um, I do a lot of like giving back and like, um, like holiday runs and like gift drives and all those things. And I make sure she comes with me and she sees it all. So like we'll adopt families and she understands what we're doing and she understands why. And there was like one time where it was someone through the church and they, the family lived in a motel. And that's where they live. So she came with me to drop everything off. And she was like, oh, there are beds on the floor. How come they live here? And it was a really good opportunity to teach her. And so I know now that she's actually listening because she'll randomly be like, it'll be time to get rid of something. Or like she got something that she already has. And she'll be like, oh, we should give this to a family that doesn't have it. Mm. I'm like, oh, that doesn't it. it makes me so, it feels so good, right? When they, when they, you hear them in their own life, just kind of like telling a friend casually, like something that you taught them. You're like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really, I feel like she's starting to understand. I mean, she's still a brat and still like expects yeah. the world and like, six, you know, everything. Like, thank God we don't have cable because they have so many commercials like targeting children. <laughs> I know. 
like Nick Jr. is out of control, um, but she never sees those commercials. So she, she only wants something if she really wants it and she sees it multiple times. But she does understand more now, like that she is lucky, like she is blessed and not everybody has this. And she, my husband does a really good job of being like, mommy's a boss and mommy does this and mommy <laughs> does that. And you only have this because of mommy. And like, he always drives at home and she thinks it's cool. Cause now she'll be like, mommy, a lot of parents don't work at home and they can't come to school when I have stuff because they have work. And I'm like, I know you're really lucky. I can make my own schedule and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know. I know. That's one of my favorite things about this entrepreneurship journey is showing them what's possible and how lucky they are that they have this. Um, I've had, my daughter has said, you know, one time I was going to a networking event, I was speaking at it and nobody likes when mom goes out at night. Okay. They're like upset. <laughs> like, when are you coming home? What about us? Like oh, dare you know, you. eat us dinner, like all of those things. And then I hear her, you know, everyone gets upset. And then a few minutes later, <laughs> I hear her turn to her little sister. My, this is my seven-year-old talking to my three-year-old. And she says, mom has to go to work because she has to teach other moms how to be a boss. And I was like, oh my God, God that's amazing. <laughs> that made me feel good. That's like a little feather. Life work. You don't have to do anything, anything else. That's amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> so it's really rewarding to hear these things come back and yeah, give yourself a pat on the back for that. That's really great. Yeah. All right. I want to shift a little bit from that to talking about the harder parts of doing it all, <laughs> which as a woman, as a mother, as a business owner, it's like, I mean, there's just, you could list a million things about that, but I would love to know if there's been any obstacles that you face as a busy business owner, raising a family and how you've dealt with them. Yeah. Oh my God. I could write. It's a lot. I know. Like, like maybe top two. (laughs) (laughs) So my promise to myself has always been like, she's in kindergarten. So like, I always want to be a drop off and pick up like Mm -hmm. always even during preschool. Um, I want her to like see me and like, it's exciting. And even though now she gets off the bus and she's like, anyways, I want to go play, but it's nice to always be there and not have to rely on someone else. So that's always been really important to me. So I've, I've set that boundary from the beginning, but that also puts so much pressure on me because, you know, my hours are defined by her school day and that's it. Um, and then when there is no school or there is a COVID closure or a sick or this or that, we're like, there's just so many things. It's like, shit. Well, like who else is going to do it? Right. Does my husband have pay time off? Of course. And he's he's good about being like, do you need me to stay home? Because he sees how busy I am and he sees what it's like. But yes, it is easier for me. No one's docking my pay. No one's right. like, you know, needs his time. What if he's sick? So that balance is very hard. Um, we don't fight about it. Like I know some parents are like, they fight over who's taking their PTO today. So right. like, it's very nice to not have to worry about that. But trying to figure that out is hard because you're like, you know, it just throws your whole week off. And I swear to God in 2023, it's probably happened almost every week. Like, no, knock on wood. Like this is the first week. That's just a normal week. Like no phone calls from school. No, I lied. We went to the doctor yesterday randomly. (laughs) Pick her up from school. I already forgot about it. See, it's so normal now. And um, I was getting really frustrated. Like until a month ago, I was like, I'm done. Like, how, why can't I just have a normal week? And I would get so angry 
not at her, but like I would just yell at my husband and be like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't know what else to do. And he'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to do either. Yeah. Um, and I would say this is the first week. Like I went on a trip and I came back and this is the first week where I'm like, screw it. Like this is life now. Like my husband gave me advice to start planning my week Monday through Thursday, like do all my work then so that if something happens, I still have Friday. And if something doesn't happen, then cool. Then I just have a Friday or I have some more free time. So I tried I to that. do that more this week, like, you know, front load the week. And it has helped. Like today, I have done about an hour of work and it's one o'clock in the afternoon because I went to CrossFit and I went to breakfast with my friend and like I actually had time and didn't feel so stressed. Mm. And there was room for me to go pick her up from school yesterday to go to the doctor and bring her back. And like we went to McDonald's and like just those little things. But that's easier said than done because sometimes you just have too much damn work and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Here's the tablet. They don't want the tablet. And you're like, oh my God, I don't know. (laughs) You have a daughter that doesn't want the tablet? How? Sometimes like, but she, she's not a kid who will like just stare into the screen for hours. Well, that's good. I mean, but unless you need it, I get, cause I have one that will zone out for hours in front of a TV. No problem. The other one's like, cool. Now are you going to play with me? And I'm like, no, do you want to eat dinner? Here's the tablet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Well, I love the idea of kind of embracing it. I, I know I've been through this phase. I know basically every mother that I know, whether they work in a traditional setting. And by the way, I don't know how any moms work in a nine to five these days, like you said, with the closings and the, there's always something I can't imagine having to like every week say to my boss, Hey, I got a doctor's appointment. Hey, I got the, Oh, my kids are sick. Like, so props to those moms who are doing that too. But, um, learning to embrace what is is our is our reality now has been a challenge for me um and i love the idea of just like kind of letting go of like well this is how it is going to be and this is the best way i can plan for it by front loading my week and then the nice reward at the end if you if you make it through the week is you have this nice friday that is a great strategy so thank you for sharing that yeah i i think like the the thing that like gets so misconstrued about like being an entrepreneur is I even heard it when I was on vacation from another mom. She was like, oh, you get to make your own schedule. Like, I mean, not really. There's only like work <laughs> hours at certain times of the day. And like, she's only at school at certain times of the day. So like, right. can I shift things around? Of course. But like, I am still working when she's at school. Like, I'm, and I have clients who need to speak to me at normal times. Like there, there isn't this free for all. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And there's also... There's so many phases of childhood and this whole like entrepreneurship as a mother. So when I started this whole thing, my daughter still took naps. So, you know, you had that like, okay, she sleeps till this time and then she's two hours a nap and then bedtime by this time. And you had that like guaranteed time. And I remember when she stopped napping and I wanted to lose my mind because it started with fighting to -hmm. take a nap and then being exhausted and not having enough time. And then she would stay up too late. And then it was, oh my God, you need a nap because you're so exhausted, but you're past that point. And that all that, like that constant adjustment of schedule, like I have have a much more balanced time now because she's in kindergarten. But like looking back, like someone in our think tank, and she has little kids and she's like, how do I do this? Like you you can't right now. You just can't. It's okay. Like you have to embrace whatever hours you're allotted because that's what your life gives you right now. And 
don't feel bad about it because it won't be forever. Oh, such good advice. And it's almost eye-opening. I think we all want to believe like we can do all of the things. We yeah, we have nap time, we have after they go to bed, we have weekends, like whatever. But I have had people say to me, like, you just can't do all the things in this chapter. Like, this is a hard chapter when you have little kids at home. And so there's a freedom that I have found in a relief in embracing the idea that like I want to accomplish all these things in my business, but there's time. There will be time for that. And as much as I'd like tomorrow to, you know, write a book, it it can still happen. It doesn't have to be in this space. So that is such a such a big lesson for myself as well. So are have you found that there's any like habits or belief systems or outside factors besides like school being canceled all the time <laughs> that you've had to confront or reprogram on your journey, like especially around motherhood? And, and you know, one of them, I think you already, you've covered a little bit already, but is there anything else that you've had to grapple with? Um, Definitely like mom guilt. Like, which again, we do to ourselves, but like, what is the alternative? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we like push a baby out or get a baby cut out or whatever, it's just like something changes and it's like, boom, guilty all the time, no matter what you do. <laughs> Why is that so true? <laughs> Let's blame um, it on hormones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that whole new thing where like you're actually postpartum for six years. Like, yeah, I'm here for it's it because I'm so true. <laughs> so true. But, um, the guilt of like trying to be yourself, trying to be a wife, trying to be a mom, trying to be a business owner, trying to be all the things. And like, also, I don't know, read a book or like go for a walk. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, and then like what you had talked about, like understanding that like you just can't do it all. Like I am someone who would rather just do it myself because I'm very type A. And my husband is not. <laughs> um, so I used to try to do it all. And he'd be like, let me help you. Let me help you. And I'd be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just do it all. And then I don't remember when it happened. It was probably like a year ago. I was like, holy shit, I cannot do it all. It's like, I'm, I'm just gonna, I was becoming so cranky. Like I wasn't being a nice mom. I wasn't being a nice wife. So like, what was the point of working this hard and doing all these things if I was miserable to be around and not actually enjoying any of my life? Um, so I started asking for help. Mm. And so he helps he's like tremendous with how much he helps. He'll be like, I'll bring her here. I'll do this. Yeah. Whenever I have anything for work, he's like, no questions asked. Yes. Like always. Um, we also have a cleaning person that comes every week because nice. I have a 115 pound yellow lab and he has so much hair <laughs> that like, I would probably go crazy if I also had to clean that up all the time. No guilt in that because it makes my life easier. If I could hire a personal chef, I would do that too. Oh my, my husband, God, yes. he's like, I think that's where you're headed next. I'm like, oh, we're not getting a chef. Stop it. <laughs> we don't care how much money we ever make. No. Like, no. That's a dream though, isn't it? To ha not have to think about it. I mean, it would be nice, but I won't do that. But like, just it's okay to outsource whatever you can, whether it's work life or home life or childcare or whatever makes your life easier because that will help you with your guilt so much. And also like your kids, especially when they're young, they don't remember everything like this whole like, oh, but I showed up five minutes late or I did this or I did that or I missed a bedtime or I missed this. Like they don't actually remember. My best friend just said to me the other day, all you have to do is spend 15 minutes with them. That fills their bucket. Like just spend, that's all they remember. 
And it's true. Like they don't remember the other 23 hours of the day. Uh, that is so profound. And <laughs> and it's totally true. <laughs> I'm also bad. That's my other thing. I hate playing dolls. I hate it. I despise it. I don't like putting on the voices. I could care less. The stories don't make any sense. <laughs> and I can never be the fun one. My daughter is always the boss. My husband <laughs> fantastic he's like singing and dancing and like thinks it's great and I'm like I like so I used to feel bad I used to be like am I a bad mom I don't know other moms say like oh my god I hate playing pretend I'm like oh this is a thing it's a thing it's I didn't know about it either because when my first daughter was little I'm like this is so cool look at her she's dressed up like Belle sure we'll play Beauty and the Beast but after the pandemic I'm now my you know now that I've <laughs> left of me and I'm like I don't want to play I definitely don't want to get on my hands and knees and be a lion with you <laughs> <laughs> so it was it helps to hear other moms feel the same way but that 15 minutes can be whatever they need it to be and and it and then I actually find myself having fun so I have to ask when you started to when you hit that wall and you started to realize you needed to ask for more help was it hard for you to hand these things off yes so so hard like I don't like anyone doing anything because like (laughs) I'm a pain in the ass and like like I don't let my husband fold the laundry should I yeah but he like no because I'll have to fix it so that's okay but he will now he's allowed to do laundry um, because he just doesn't dry anything. He's learned his lesson. So he puts, <laughs> I like go look at the drying rack and I'm like, why didn't you dry this? He's like, I wasn't sure. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely in the beginning, it was one, it's hard, like just like in your business, when you hire a virtual assistant or whatever, it's hard to be like, oh, I actually have to document everything and think about everything I do and then like give instruction um, because that takes time out of your day, but then it saves you time in the long run. So that was like one aspect of it. And then also being like, oh, I can't do it all. But like, I missed two t-ball games this season and I don't care because it's fine. I'm there for most of them. And she doesn't know. And my husband's her coach. So like, I'm like, daddy's taking you. Are you coming? No. I was like, I'll see you later. I'm going to stay home and make dinner. Okay. Like, and it's not a big deal where I think a year ago I would have been like, I miss her t-ball game what if like what if what who cares she does not remember there are pictures on my phone I was there <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so the word the phrase self-care is just so cliche so cliche but I would love to know if you have self-care or practices in your own life that keep you sane or maybe it's as simple as saying no I'm, I cannot go to every t-ball game um I mean I even love the idea of reprogramming what self-care is, especially for moms, because like a bubble bath ain't going to cut it (laughs) for us. Um, So I would love to know if you have anything that really has made a difference for you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like self-care looks different for everyone and it can be weeks long. It could be five minutes long. It can be whatever you want it to be. Um, When I first like realized that I needed some self-care, I was trying to do like the typical thing. So like I would go get a facial each month and like all that kind of stuff and like try to build that into my day. Um, But then I learned that that just stressed me out because I was always like, I don't have time. Like I didn't like being the middle of my day to go get a facial because then it just felt like an interruption and not like self-care. And I couldn't like embrace it. I've also learned that like, like I'm all for a massage all day long. But everything else I don't really like view as relaxing. Like I hate getting my hair done. I hate getting my nails done. I hate just sitting there because like, I don't know. I'm like, I would rather be doing something else. And I have also heard other people say that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy because 
like I only get my hair done like twice a year because I don't who cares like I don't it's not it's like three hours I'm like I I don't have time for that (laughs) I'm very jealous that you can just do it twice a year I'm like on the five-week plan (laughs) we're not running great yet I'm very lucky oh I'm so jealous so jealous (laughs) but like that kind of stuff is I feel like the the typical self-care stuff like go to a spa go do this I'm like that's great if that's good for you it's it just felt like a chore to me um so I stopped and like I'll go do it sometimes and that's more when it's like I'd rather go get Botox it's more long lasting like I'd rather do that but now like I've learned I have a walking treadmill in my office because like I need to move every single day and I have dogs so we go every day I'm not going to say the word because he's right here Uh, but I had learned like in the winter, if I can't get outside, like, oh my God, I, I go insane. So I have built that into my daily routine. Um, I also have no qualms about taking a trip without my daughter mm-hmm. because I need it and I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. so I just went on a trip to Mexico with two other mom friends. One has done it plenty of times before. The other one, it was her first time going away from her kids for more than one night. And she has three and she was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, you'll be fine. Out of sight, out of mind. You'll see, you'll see. And while we were there, she was like, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I needed this. I'm like, yeah, like it's okay. Like I've explained to my daughter and I've heard my friends say the same thing. Like um, mommy needs to go chill away from everything, away from work, away from being a mom, away from being a wife. So that I can be a better mom when I come back. And like, I'd like that everybody needs to relax. Just like you want to relax when you're really tired after school. This is how mommy relaxes. And I don't feel bad about it. And some people, you know, you hear people make unnecessary comments all the time. Like, oh, it must be nice. Or like, oh, why are you going on a trip without your daughter? Like, um, because I freaking need to. That's why yeah. like, I have to not need to. Like, I love all those reels where it's like, I can't believe that parents ever say that they would ever want a moment away from their kids. And you think that they're going to like be totally against it. And then it like switches to like them. drinking. <laughs> they're like, hell yeah, we do. And I'm like, yes, like it's okay to say that like, you don't like being a mom 100% of the time and that you need a break and that you're still a person. Like, I think that's what is so lost. Like that you're supposed to be able to do all these things. And you're also supposed to be a mom all the time. Like, yeah, I am a mom. I made her. Okay, great. But yeah. like I existed before she did. Yeah. And I've learned to like connect with other parents. You know, you know, you meet so many parents that you're like, nope, we would not be friends because it's like they didn't exist before they were parents. Like, come on, like everybody was just a regular person. Stop, stop acting like you're you're all the way up here or like you are so holier than that, or like right. it's only about kids. Like, I mean, fine, if that's the way you want to live, but like you're just not my people because I also am a person and yeah. I like to have a drink and do this and do that. Yeah. And it's okay. I think so many of us need that to hear that and like need that permission because I was raised and my mom was a stay at home mom and my dad was traveling most of the time working. So she really was, she had no breaks and she, she had no, like she had no concept of separation, like of her own life, her own needs. And so we watched her to, uh, to, to her own detriment. I mean, we were so lucky that she was so devoted to us, but it really took a toll on her. And so at the ripe old age of 38, as a mom, I'm learning like, what is it even like, how do you even take care of yourself? Cause I wasn't shown that I was shown like your whole life is your kids and that's great. 
And I feel that way. Like I feel programmed to, to do that for my own kids, but it's not healthy. And like you said, like being able to show your daughter, like, this is how mommy takes care of herself. And because I do this, I can be a better mom. I think it's so important that we can show our kids that I don't know what your upbringing was like, but I find that many people of, of our generation and, and probably even younger are learning this now as adults, like, how do I take care of myself in this chapter of life? Yeah. Um, I was raised, both my parents worked, you know, all day, every day. And so I was used to like, you know, them not being able to come to like, they would come to things when they could, but like, for the most part, like there was like something in the middle of the school day, like, no, I was the kid without the parent there. And that's okay. Um, because I'm, I, like you know we're raised like of course my dad worked uh, what else was he gonna do he worked like six to six every day and like I used to think that was normal Mm -hmm. um and then my mom she worked a nine to five job and she has me and then my two brothers who are seven and eight years younger than me um so like when she was in the thick of it with them she really was because they're back to back um but she was always stressed and was running from here to there and you know they didn't have a lot of money so there was no like taking trips or doing that stuff we always went on a family vacation I have been to the hockey hall of fame the baseball hall of fame the this <laughs> hall of fame. Like, every baseball field all those kinds of things <laughs> everything New York has to offer <laughs> but I don't remember her ever taking time for herself and I obviously saw the toll it took on her but what I did see which was very nice to see. Um, once, like I was like, I don't know, twenty five. So my brothers were graduating high school. Um, my parents like shifted, and all of a sudden, like my dad had had a stroke, and I think it kind of like woke him up to be like, oh, we need to enjoy life. And so they did. They started enjoying life and going out. And then it turned into like me and my husband like going out with them to the bar, and like my best friend and her parents coming too. And we were like, when did this happen? And it it was really nice to see that. And then unfortunately my dad passed away from cancer um when he was 59 so kind of like cut everything short which really sucked to watch but I feel like since then my mom has learned like that she is the only one that matters so like that's really nice to see and I say to her now I'm like how the hell did you do all this like with making so like such little money with three children what the, what did you do? And she was like, oh, number one, I worked for benefits. And I was like, that blows. Yeah. Um, she's like, and I don't know, we just figured it out. Like how? And like, now I understand so many more things. And I'm like, but like how? Yeah. <laughs> if I have one kid and I make way more money and like that, the, the financial part doesn't feel stressful, which is like very nice. And I know we're lucky, but like still, how did you balance three children and like all these activities and work where like you didn't, there was no unlimited PTO and there was none of this. And she's like, I uh, had an, an understanding boss, luckily, like she worked at the same place for like 30 years. Wow. Um, but that was because the same thing, my dad could never, because he worked um, as a service advisor in, at Jeep. So like, you don't take off that you have to be at work. There's, you have customers to service. Like it yeah, doesn't matter. I, I worked in automotive. I know those people work constantly. Yeah. So I feel like seeing seeing the way I was raised, um, I like appreciate it and everything, but I learned like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to show my daughter that life is not just work. Like yeah. you have to be able to like, still be a person and exist because at the end of the day, your kid's eventually going to leave. And so like, who are you without your kid? Who are you? Everyone should be able to answer that question to some aspect. So 
as we're wrapping this chat up, I would love to know if you could share something. If there was one thing that you could tell either a new entrepreneur or a, or a new mom or somebody who is in this space that is feeling the weight of everything right now. And, you know, maybe they feel like they have to do things a certain way because that's how their mom did it. Or they have to do things this way because that's how it looks online. Like what is one piece of advice you would give with everything that you've learned to them? Um, F everybody. I like that. (laughs) To just like totally worry about yourself. Um, But to just like be nice to yourself. Like we are so mean to ourselves and it's our doing like, yes, it's like a systemic issue and it's like ingrained in us. But at the end of the day, it's us doing it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So give yourself the permission to like not know everything because literally nobody knows anything. Like we talk about this all the time in Think Tank. Like, yes, I know this, but like, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Nobody knows what they're actually talking about. They're all, they've, they've heard it from somewhere else or they read it somewhere. There are no life expert gurus. Like, because if they, they are, they died already. Like, because they already lived their whole life. Like it already happened. But don't compare yourself to anybody because everyone does things different. And you also learn as you have kids that like, the way you were raised, maybe you thought it was terrible. Maybe you thought it was great. But then as you get to learn more people and learn how other families work, you're like, oh, everybody's screwed up. Like, oh, I thought we were screwed up and everyone else was normal. They seemed so normal. And then you learn like, oh, nobody, nobody has their shit together. And it's so funny to learn as an adult because you're like, oh, like my husband and I talk about this all the time. We had very different upbringings. And he's like, I thought we were with the Brady Bunch and we are not. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I want to know what it was like to live in his house where he thought he was the Brady Bunch. Oh my God. You know, played catch every day. And like his mom was a stay at home mom and like had peanut butter and jelly and crumb cake every day. And like, I was like, that's my life. Like, like, you had crumb cake every day? He's like, yeah. He's like, until I started that. And then I had to stop. I was like, oh my God, who does that? I love that. That's, (laughs) well, I'm happy for him that he had some, some special, (laughs) like a really nice childhood, but. Yeah, it, it helps to hear that even the people who think they have it all figured out, it's like, they don't. Like, we're no, all just doing our best. You can, no part of your life is is set in stone. Like, you can change anything you want. You can do anything you want. Whatever your life gives you, just, just take it, run with it, and do whatever the hell you want. Because at the end of the day, like, your life is going to end, and it could be cut really short. And you should be happy with whatever you have been able to do. And don't worry about whatever you see on social media, whatever bullshit you hear, especially in mom group, find your people and surround yourself with people who think like you and who make you feel like the best part, like having a six-year-old, my daughter's two best friends, their parents parent the same way. So like, we're all yelling at each other's kids and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like we get, we're all the same. Instead of like, like I'm all for this gentle parenting thing, but like, I cannot be like, okay, so what I hear you saying is like, no. And so it's so refreshing to hear other parents be like, no, you can't have that because I said so. And you're like, yes. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us today on the reprogramming. And you shared so many valuable insights into not only being a business owner, but being a mom and taking care of yourself and society's pressures and all the pressure we put on ourselves. And I think I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. So I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
Thanks for joining me on this episode of Reprogramming. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love if you shared this episode with your network and tagged me at ReprogrammingPod or at the Lindsay Hyatt on Instagram. If any episode has impacted you, it would mean the world if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening platform. For more information on how to work together or to learn more about my signature program, Superfecta, visit lindsayhyatt.com or lindsayhyatt.co. See you next time.